Welcome to Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where we connect authors with new listeners and provide advice to aspiring authors on the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter. So hi there, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for coming back to another week of the Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you to an author that's in my area, and his name is David Devine. So David, say hi to the listeners. Hello there. So David, you have one of the easiest names for me to ever pronounce, so I appreciate it. <laughs> it was a gift from my parents. Yes, yes. And, and I had to wonder if it was truly your name, but I, you know, what a great name to have. So it's definitely an author's name. <laughs> yeah. So David, why don't we start out with you letting um, us know what state you live in in this beautiful Pacific Northwest. Okay. Well, um, I live in Washington State. It was, um, we we moved here from Oregon, excuse me, and prior to to living in Oregon and pretty much raising the most of the family there in Oregon, we had lived in uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, greater Metro Phoenix. So we we adopted the Pacific Northwest via uh, the Willamette Valley in Oregon, kind Mm -hmm. of farming country, and then Events led us to the northern end um, in uh, Columbia County, right across the river. And then uh, after a couple of years, we ended up on this side of the river and really enjoy it. Oh, wonderful. Well, Phoenix, Arizona is quite a contrast from Washington and Oregon. <laughs> so <laughs> huge contrast. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I do love Phoenix, though. I was ra- I was born in Arizona. I was in my born in Miami Globe, so we're go. east of Phoenix, quite a bit. A little minor town that I don't yeah. believe exists any longer. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> I'm not sure. My parents don't don't claim that it does, but I haven't been back. We used to visit my grandparents and and stuff, but I have been to Phoenix quite often um, for mm. work and work training, and I I love that area. So you bet. So nice. Well, wonderful. So I love to ask a lot of questions about who you are so that listeners can get to know you. So do you have a day job? Or are you one of those lucky ones that get to write full time? I don't get to write full time, but <laughs> maybe more than some other folks. So when I'm not writing my own material, I also ghostwrite. Mm-hmm. And um, I do have some latitude to be able to invest um, that, that time and effort. It you know, the, the days adjust accordingly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and then that involves deadlines and, you know, it can, you know, <laughs> yeah. it could be two hours a day, it could be 12 hours a day. You know, yeah. It all depends. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, yeah, that's been fun. And I, uh, uh, it's not for everybody. I get mm-hmm. that, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I've enjoyed doing it uh, because it does let me continue to write and, um, and, and, and help other people, you know, fulfill their dreams. And that brings a question to my mind because occasionally somebody will say something on the podcast that will I'll, I'll deviate a little bit. David, how do you how did how do you become a ghostwriter? How did you land that? Did you start with one author that needed some help and it just went from there? That's exactly how it happened. This mm. was a this was an older gentleman who 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 saw that I'd come out with a book. He was excited about that. He begged me for, I'm going to say almost two years <laughs> mm-hmm. to help him with his, would help him with his book. But I just, I just, you know, kind of put him off and put him off. And, and then, then he turned 83 <laughs> oh, and I'm yeah. like, well, you know, he may not have another two years for me to put off. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, my timing was right uh, as far as my time, uh, what my availability. Mm-hmm. And so I, I agreed to, to help him do that. And one of the main things is, um, Vicky, and this is this poor guy. Now, number one, he doesn't do computers. Okay. Oh, that's a so, challenge. <laughs> well, yeah. See, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how are you ever going to get a book out if you don't mm-hmm. do that? And so he was kind of doomed from the start. Um, but worse than that, worse than that, he, he lives up in um, your general area. And he mm-hmm. winters, and his wife wintered down in uh, Southern California uh, and was back up here um, in the summertime um, um, two summer, summers ago, I guess it's been now. And while he was, uh, he left all of his box of uh, four years of research and drafts and this and that, handwritten drafts, 
uh, in a box at at the uh, at the winter home. And while they were up here, a well-meaning cleaning crew <laughs> threw the box out. Oh, that's and, heartbreaking. And, Oh yeah, I mean it's horrible, and mm-hmm. so it's like it's like your computer crashing right after mm-hmm. you've done four years of input and all that stuff, and so and you didn't even know for sure it was gone until they went back the following winter mm-hmm. and looked all over place, uh, even a storage unit, and it just was not around. That and I felt so so mm-hmm. sorry for this guy. I mean, Absolutely. come on, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how that's yeah that's what, how that got started, and then out of that. Um, uh, and that well, we finished the book. It's uh, it's out there now. Can't tell you the name of it because my, my name doesn't show up anywhere. That's okay because I uh, think I might be able to lure him on the podcast later, <laughs> so listeners will hear from him if I get my way. <laughs> that would be nice. That yeah. would be nice. Yeah. And um, um, and then through word of mouth, uh, a gentleman I was working with in Texas uh, knew of another author in Texas who has two books out. So again, this first person just didn't have the the skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, brilliant guy, um, master's degree, all that stuff, mm-hmm. but successful businessman. But he didn't have the skill sets to get a book out. Mm-hmm. And, and I I provided those skill sets, and the publisher also provided mm-hmm. um, uh, the 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 editor and the the book interior person and all you know those kind of things. So uh, this other one has two books out already, but he's just really, really busy and is all over the world. Just got back from Dubai. He's been to India. He's, you know, he's just busy, busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So some people have the skill sets, but they don't have the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or, or, or um, right. They can't, they cannot pull themselves away from, you know, let's just say their, their, their day job, if you mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. And, and, and put a book together because it's intense. Oh, yeah, it is intense. I get to help them out too. And so mm-hmm. we're in negotiations with that person. Um, the first one I did because I had to do a lot of research. We just did it by the hour mm-hmm. and we just saw where it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. The next one I'm doing just a blank of a, a not to exceed number. Um, you know, basically doing it by the project. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's and, uh, so interesting. So let me ask you this because I'm fascinated by ghostwriting. Um because I, as you and I talk through email, you know, I'm working on my first novel. Um, I'm mm-hmm. in, I would say draft two where people are seeing it. It's actually probably draft 15, but in reality, it's draft <laughs> two where people are seeing it. And sure. um, I find it fascinating, you know, that the dream of being so busy that I have to have some help with writing my sequence novels, you know, that would be so wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about the relationship and how you develop that because you want to sound like that author. You don't, you know, to be a really good ghostwriter, you have to spend some time hearing them and talking with them and speaking with them, I would imagine. So, so kind of talk us through that process. Do you, do you just, how do you do it? So for the first one, we just were able to meet in person and, mm-hmm. and, and, and get his sense of what, you know, there was, there was, there was um, a certain concern that he had. He didn't know if I could pull off a, a particular um, way he wanted this to sound. Mm-hmm. And, and he was pleasantly surprised. Oh, how fantastic. And he just, he keeps saying, you know, I really thought I was going to go this way, but I'm so happy it went that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, by the way, so now he's 84 and, uh, I tried, I called him the other day mm-hmm. and, and, and he said, oh, David, let me just hang on a second. And he, he kind of like puts me on hold, but I could just, he doesn't have hold on his cell phone. So he set it down, obviously. Yeah. And I hear him saying something in the background, like, you know, well, who do you want this made out to? And I thought, well, is he writing a check or what is he doing? You know? And yeah. he finally says, okay, David, I'm back. And I said, um, uh, were you, were you just signing a book right now? And he goes, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. People have me autograph their books, you know, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's a guy that's successful in business and, and, and that's good enough. I mean, really mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. good enough, but, and, and that has brought him some acclaim, mm-hmm. but right, putting a book out 
it's just like this whole new wave of uh, attention and acclaim that he mm-hmm. just didn't even know existed out there. And that's what you're going to get when these novels come out and stuff. Anyway, no. well, thank you. So, I'm going to claim it because, you yeah. know, <laughs> the story of my, the whole podcast is the genesis of me asking a lot of authors, how did you get there? You know, how did you publish? How there did you, you write? Cause I was thinking about, you know, it's time. My goal is that if I can retire from my current day job with my author, my first book out or maybe two, then I can go into the retirement writing and I would be a happy person. I would have fulfilled all of my things I wanted to do. I wanted to finish school. I wanted to raise my family. I wanted to have a good career. And then I wanted to go into sunset writing. <laughs> That's kind of what my goal was. So, Okay. So. I like that term, sunset yeah. writing. That's good. Yeah. So, um, so um, he, he, this is a debut book. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he just, Kind of, we just needed, I needed to track with him on the information he wanted to get out and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the general flavor of the book. Mm-hmm. And, and so that you know, took a lot of effort, took a lot of time, took a lot of research, but that I believe really, really came through and came through pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. This other gentleman, like I say, he speaks all over the world. He's got, uh, he's got a website, you know, mm-hmm. he's got videos. So I can, I can watch and I can listen mm-hmm. to him and I can mm-hmm. see his body language. I can do a bunch of stuff, even though we're far away. Mm-hmm. We've actually only met once because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. one of his clients is, is Nike. And so oh. we, we met down in Oregon mm-hmm. um, at a Nike facility and, and, and had a, another taped uh, interview there. Oh, nice. So, um, so yeah, he, it's very critical that, uh, yeah, that, his, that his voice comes through Absolutely. On, this, on this third book. And of course, I've read the first two books. I'm almost done with the second of his two books. But yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of helps me as well. Oh, fantastic. What great insight for those that are thinking about, you know, launching into being an author and finding a way to um, have a career you know, you can become an editor for other people. You can, um, you can, maybe if you're great at drawing, you can become an illustrator. You know, there's a lot of little opportunities that are out there. So I think the ghostwriting is a fascinating opportunity, but I really feel like it has to be developed on a relationship, just like probably publishing and everything else, you know, or, or working with editors. You have to have that relationship. I can't imagine. <laughs> so. And, and it helps. So mm-hmm. I got the referral from initially this, this fellow, called my friend and said, would you ghostwrite my third book? And he said, I don't do ghostwriting, but I know somebody who does. Uh You see, and that's how that happened. Works a lot better than a piece of cardboard standing on a corner in Portland, you know, saying, you know, we'll write for food or something Exactly. That That doesn't work. (laughs) I haven't tried it, but I'm just telling you, I don't think that's going to (laughs) work. That's awesome. I love it. Well, I asked this stumper question almost to all my authors that come on the podcast. So, David, what's one thing you would like new readers to know about you up front? And it doesn't have to be about your writing style. It could be just about you as a person. <clears throat> I, um, my career was in, in real estate mm-hmm. and, and initially real estate sales and then real estate appraisal and then teaching real estate appraisal at the, to, at the state level for the state mm-hmm. of Oregon and also the state of Arizona. And, um, and, and that's, there's, there's pleasantries both, both ways uh, on that. Ultimately, um, I, I came to the writing, and like I say, I wish I wish I could tell you that I was just reading my Bible, and this verse came out at me, and it just like you know just shook me like, wow, you got to do this. No, actually, I was remembering an old um, poem by um, Benjamin Franklin, mm-hmm. and uh, the gist of the poem was: "Before you are forgotten, when you are dead and rotten." either write something worth reading about or do things worth writing about. Hmm. So I, I reflected on my life and, and there were some cool things that's happened in my life. Uh, you know, I've got to rescue three people from drowning uh, anywhere happened? from an older lady to a, to a, 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 a baby uh-huh. <laughs> and a young person. And I've got to be a driver and, uh, and two presidential motorcades. Uh, oh. That's kind of cool too. That's but very cool. Overall, those are just little, you know, little 
teeny highlight things. Mm -hmm. But if you just kind of stand back and look at it, I said, you know, I really don't think I have anything that I have done that I can write about. Mm -hmm. But I found somebody who who had done something really good that I saw on a on a documentary. And he's in Washington State as well, but way on the other side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I reached out to him. And, and it was just a matter of, you see, uh, of being a, a bit proactive. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, if you reach out uh, to somebody who's done something, and even even just this past week, uh, I've, I, I, it's not a real, not, it was, I don't know the person's address. In this case, I'd written him a letter. Mm -hmm. But there's another person that's kind of like been in the news recently. That's all I'll tell you. But uh, mm -hmm. I reached okay. out to them to see, yeah, well, you know, I reached out to them to say, hey, look, I, I'd love to do your biography. Oh, and, cool. And if they say no, fine, you mm -hmm. know, but, mm -hmm. but what if they don't? Exactly. Uh, and so, um, so that'd be exciting. A biographer, you know, everyone, you know, has person they'd love to do a biography of, like the, like the guy that, um, you know, saved everybody on that, that plane that landed oh, in, the, yes. in, in, mm -hmm. in New York. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, what a great thing. Of course that became a movie and, you know, that's obviously that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but you know, the one I just went after is, let's just say, the big fish. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's exciting. <laughs> because uh, uh, everybody else can go after people like that. But this this yeah. guy that I wrote the letter to, he was, uh, well, I was living in Oregon at the time, but he's almost, you know, he only lived four hours away or so, and and, mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and it worked out. So I'm happy oh. about it. That's the book I'll be reading from a little bit later. You know, David, I find that absolutely inspiring. And anybody that knows me knows that I am incredibly tenacious, but I also am a believer in um, stepping out a little bit of your comfort zone and embracing the opportunities that could come your way by just saying yes, you know, uh, and and looking for those opportunities and going through them. And, you know, if they say no, then they say no, but at least you've gone through that door and you never know what's going to happen when you go through that door. It could be a blessing. So I love the fact that that's that's your um your approach to it and so let's talk a little bit about um so the listeners don't know but i do because i've done your re research looking at you so you're right what you're going to read from is a biography and um but you also have another book that's coming out am i correct so you actually have two books correct well everything's kind of out and mm -hmm. so I, I started out with this biography in 2014 Mm -hmm. And then also wrote um, a little, what I'll call a little novella, a young adult, um, what, I, what I call a, a coming coming of age health book. Oh, fabulous! <laughs> and, and called Heidi the Hydrator. And the heroine is a 15 year old that learns about hydration and, and health class and just does her own homework and and that changes a bunch of things and she helps a bunch of people so that's wow. <laughs> that's a fun little skinny little saying that all that is a, is an amazon ebook right now mm -hmm. and then what's also came out late last year because it was time sensitive i really needed to get it out <laughs> mm. in 2018 because that novel begins in 2018 and oh, that is okay. a, a political novel and it's i think it's its own vicky between you and i i think it's its own genre i call it poly sci poly sci-fi oh i like okay. it that's fantastic so it's political science fiction it's not just fiction but it's political mm -hmm. science fiction anyway that's called um lottery president oh interesting very very interesting timely title that's mm -hmm. for sure <laughs> yes ma'am so, so great well good well let's dive a little bit about your writing process david is it different when you're it, with your personal writing process when you're working on a book like from a biography to your own work of fiction like the lottery president that you wrote do you have two okay. different processes well, uh, in the biography, uh, there was a lot of traveling up to Paul Gauchy's place mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, taping some interviews mm -hmm. in his living room and also going around. He's a world-famous gardener and orchardist. Mm -hmm. So, uh, of course, I spent time there. I've uh, been on a lot of his tours and had private tours. That's how that all got started. And so, yeah, and been spending a, spending a couple nights at his place and just being around for um, a bunch of things and just seeing 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 how he lives his life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that that was intense that way. While I was writing this book, um, I got the idea for a screenplay, 
and actually, well, that's a long story. <laughs> Two screenplays and a bunch of it's just it was kind of a creative download thing, mm-hmm. like a, when it rains, it pours kind of download. Oh, yeah. I have those <laughs> Down- moments. <laughs> oh, okay, downpour. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, I'm like, whoa, this is a distraction. You know, I really, really need to get this book out. And so I, I did what I think almost any writer would do: just grab that that the big yellow legal pad or whatever, and mm-hmm. just just kind of brain dump some quick things onto it. And then so you can just like set it aside, <laughs> put it exactly. way on the back burner. Because again, I didn't want it to be a distraction, but I thought, wow, this is cool. This is a great concept. It was going to be a screenplay. And, and, and uh, since I've never done a screenplay before, I, uh, maybe it's a crutch that real screenplay folks don't need, uh, writers don't need. But I had to imagine the, the main character, you know, who that person would be, who that actor would be mm-hmm. to help me through the scenes. Well, as it turned out, that, that, that actor was Robin Williams. Oh. Uh, and so when he died, uh, Vicky, the, the whole project died. You know, Absolutely. I mean, just you talk yeah. about taking the wind out of your sails. Exactly. So it, just, it, laid, it laid dormant for two years, at least. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the 2016 election came and then just mm-hmm. all these other events, like, just kind of just di- didn't take away from it. It actually added to it. Mm-hmm. And then just about a year or so ago, it realized, you know what, this doesn't have to, this could be a good book. It doesn't have to be a screenplay. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's when it became an ebook so far. I haven't printed it yet. Uh, and, um, still waiting to see um how that will go but uh so that process was uh, yeah a lot still some more research and uh and it's just just it just became initially for me a series of scenes that i wrote about and then i and then i would try to connect those scenes you know in a uh-huh. in a reasonable way <laughs> and so it's exciting there's a a lot of uh fun things uh that happens and you don't by the way yeah well spoiler alert okay Okay. so the 2020 president with in lottery president is not donald trump all right just gonna let you know that okay (laughs) so people may read your book then (laughs) and and, you know in in all honesty um well (laughs) (laughs) how to throw that out (laughs) yes yes in all honesty you, you don't have to be a liberal or you don't have to be a conservative to enjoy lottery president lottery president is almost apolitical so oh, nice. uh, so it, it, it is it's I, I it, it's 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 really meant to just be a, a breath of fresh air kind of a, a little bit escapism oh i and, think most of us need that right i mean we were talking earlier listeners that we weren't going to mention the day that we're actually uh recording us but it's it is the day that we all have to have our taxes in and so you know maybe we need a breath of fresh air <laughs> david after that right <laughs> yeah Yes, yes. And then, uh, yeah, I did a reading of that and a lady there said, wow, my cousin and I were really, really close, but this is one topic that she and I can't talk together about. And she may, um, she may, you know, recommend this to her and then they'll have something to talk about. Oh, you know, (laughs) I think that's beautiful because there, I think that politics can divide good hearted people. And I think that's beautiful that she picked up that your work is not supposed to be divisive. So that's, that's wonderful. What a great compliment for you, especially in this time frame. I would think. <laughs> yeah, no, it is exciting. And of course this, 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 this selection, instead of election, it's a selection of a president that happens by lottery. That means there's, guess what? There's no electoral college mm. involvement, which is huge because mm-hmm. we've seen that mm-hmm. have a huge, a big effect uh, last time and back in 2000. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. Well, fascinating. Well, I love the topic range of what you have done. And I think it's very um, inspiring to me because I'm working on historical fiction, but uh, the listeners know that I have about five different ideas in the back of my mind. (laughs) Besides these three books, I have, you know, some science fiction and some apocalypse, you know, I have all this stuff that I'm inspired by that I want to write right around so i think it's great so david are you self-published are your books um independent to published how what's the process for you in that okay so growing food god's way the, the biography of paul gauchi um the forward was done by joel salatin mm-hmm. um he's not a household name all across the country but if you're at all into 
natural foods. You know, uh-huh. he's featured in the movie Food Inc. and, uh-huh. and other places. And so it was huge, huge, huge wow, <laughs> to yeah. Joel to do. And he, by, the, by the time I met him, he had written eight books, and a lot of them were through the New York publishers. Mm-hmm. And I just asked him, I said, Joel, should I, should I pursue traditional publishing or self-publishing? He said, David, I've done the one. And he said, believe me, my next one's going to be self-published. Oh, interesting. It was. it was. If you look at his books, his recent books, the publisher is Polyface Farms, which oh. is a farm in the, in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. And so, uh, you know, he's voted by Time Magazine as the most innovative farmer. He's just, he's, he's huge. <laughs> and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was very exciting. And again, the timing, uh, he kind of, uh, uh, heard that he had, uh, either knew Paul Gauchi or knew of him. And, uh, I, and I rushed, 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 try to try to get the manuscript done. And I finally had it, I would say 99. Whatever percent done, and I called him in Virginia. He said, "David, get it to me quickly. I've got to go to do a speaking engagement in Australia, and I'm going to be on the plane a long time. That's when oh. I would read it." So I FedExed yeah. it over to him, oh, <laughs> the whole manuscript. And and uh, I really, I really believe if someone's going to give you a forward, you know, that you got to let them see what they're forwarding, Endorsing. if you will. Absolutely. You know, what I mean, yeah. what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 in fact. Uh, if it's not if it's not breaking a rule, um, part of my reading would be his forwards because I'm mm-hmm. you know if I may just eat a little bit of humble pie before you and the in the audience, um, I'm pretty quick to tell people that the best writing, the best style of writing in growing through God's way is in the forward. <laughs> okay. And David, there are no rules on this podcast because I make the rules, and if you oh, want to read that, yeah. we are all for it. <laughs> okay, it'll go kind of quickly, and then I'll, I'll maybe move over to something else. Oh, but we're totally anyway. fine. We we would love to hear that too. So I think that would be great. So yeah. Well, good. Fantastic. Well, good. So let me ask you this question because it might be different between each work that you're working on, but what's your inspiration? What, what keeps you going? <laughs> okay. Well, um, <clears throat> Ricky there, uh, what this, what this 80... What this octogenarian has, is finding out <laughs> is that, um, again, uh, creating a, a, a sound business, debt-free, been in business for, for five decades, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a good thing. But, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things that you're only as good as your last successful business kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then when you leave that or you retire or whatever, then, you know, it is what it is. But when you write you're leaving something that's going to last longer than you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so all this is, his book's a self-help book. And so, you know, long after he's gone, he can still help people. That's mm-hmm. pretty, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and it fits right into kind of what he wanted to do anyway. So one of the motivations is to, is to leave, you can call it posterity, whatever you want to, or legacy, but just to leave something that's going to impact uh, way beyond um, what your sphere of influence is. So growing food God's way, for instance, um, was uh, initially came out um, via uh, crowdfunding. That's another topic. And oh, so yes, out of that, out of that, you know, I shipped a book out to over 200 U S cities and over a dozen countries. Now these are people that, you know, uh, I'd never run into right uh-huh. in the street or something like if I had books in my hand or my arm. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so it just opened up uh, an amazing uh, wellspring of 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 um, of an audience, if you will, um, to 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 impact their lives, and so it's it's exciting to do that, and it's it's motivating to do that. And when you've done it once, and it's a good experience, you know why wouldn't you want to do that again? And now I'd, exactly. I'd say I've had at least two good experiences, and uh, we're working on uh, doing a second edition of this book, and we'll get to try it all over again. <laughs> awesome. Well, you mentioned one thing that I definitely wanted us to talk about was the crowdfunding. And I talk to a lot of authors on this podcast because this podcast is kind of for readers to learn about new authors that they might want to read. It's also for authors that are, you know, we're 
it's a very interesting business where you you can be creative and you can write a work, but you literally have to figure out how to get that work into the hands of the people that are going to read it. So mm-hmm. marketing and you know getting into a publisher, having agent, those are things we talk about. And so crowdfunding was something that you mentioned in emails to me. Um, talk us through, especially for the readers or the author that has no clue what that is, um, kind of give us a platform of what that is and how it might operate and how it how it worked for you. Sure. Well, so <clears throat> back in 2014, there were just like maybe two to choose from. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was before, which is probably the one that most listeners have heard to is like GoFundMe, right? Yep. They, mm-hmm. Exactly. Something bad happened to somebody, and they they started GoFundMe for that person or that that organization. So that's GoFundMe is is a, a prime example of of crowdfunding. It's using, you know, instead of <laughs> instead of one or two people giving a lot of money, you have a lot of people giving very little money, mm-hmm. but it's but it's easier to do. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not a huge commitment, and so and it's amazing what, what the kind of resources that uh, that can that can be availed of uh, when you crowdfund. So the one we went with <clears throat> was called Indiegogo, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you go to the Indiegogo.com site, you can yeah, there are different <laughs> categories you can click on, and and literature um, is one. Mm-hmm. And so you click on that. You can see even today, I haven't been on it for a while, but you can see what the current projects are. Uh, and there's a, there's a, there's a shelf life, you know, uh, you set the shelf life, but I think it maxes out at 40 days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, so I kind of went toward, toward the, the, the high end there of that just to have time mm-hmm. to get the resources in. Um, there's a YouTube channel guy that takes videos on occasion of Paul Gauchi and he had like 10,000 subscribers. And so uh, he agreed to be, uh, you can kind of build a team, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And so he agreed to be on my team, which meant that he would encourage his people to, you know, follow the progress of this and to get on the Indiegogo and, 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 uh, and accept. So, um, basically it's a, it's a, um, I had to go with that because there's so many photographs and color on pages and, in going through God's way that <clears throat> it was too prohibitive to go to one of those, you know, uh, self-publishing sites where you do a little yeah. a la carte, you get this, the silver package or the gold package or the bronze package or the platinum package, you know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do off the shelf things like that because they couldn't handle that much color exactly. or if they could handle it, it was just prohibitively expensive, even create space uh, yes. at Amazon, which is mm-hmm. kind of not in existence anymore. They've gone, they've dropped that and gone with uh, KDP uh, solely on that. So, um, so <laughs> my, my hero, that is the person I'm writing the biography about one of us, one of the neat parts of his life is that he, he, he made a covenant with God to get out of debt and to stay out of debt. Nice. And so God sold his house in California and he said, if you sell my house, I'll never go in debt and get. And so I could not go into debt to print, to, to, exactly. to, to print the book. Okay. I mean, I've done some hypocritical things in my life, but I, I just wasn't going to go. Back exactly. Far. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> and so, uh, so, but I, but on the flip side of that, I didn't have a ton of cash to, mm-hmm. to, to, to print the book. And so, we went with a crowdfunding uh, mechanism, and and again, as you as you go to these, um, so yeah, so as you go to these um, marketing websites that talk, they make a big deal about building, you know, building a brand and building mm-hmm. a following and having, you know, well, you know, honestly, uh, through that process, you know, I ended up with hundreds and hundreds of people's names and email addresses mm-hmm. and, 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 and mailing addresses all over the country and, and, and all around the world. So, yeah, so here's a nobody author. Okay. But mm-hmm. I say nobody, nobody has heard of me mm-hmm. first book. And then I've got this, you know, uh, quite a few people mm-hmm. <laughs> in that information. It was exciting. And, and, oh, and that'll, great. Yeah, so it's a, it, it, so I, I, crowdfunding is a good thing, and I'm I'm even toying with the idea of using it again for the second edition. Um, Did you find anything that was negative about it that you could share with us? If there is a negative, well, if you Vicky, if you value your time, 
Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. unlike Amazon, where they do all the shipping, you know, yep. uh, mm-hmm. uh, within Indiegogo or other crowdfunding um, venues, you know, you 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 have to do all the shipping and mm-hmm. packaging mm-hmm. and and everything. And at first, I was all excited. I I gave little free bookmarks with mm-hmm. a quote from Paul and all that stuff. Well, I ran out of those, and then you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like okay. Let's, if I just get it out today, that'll be a good thing. And so that yeah. was my goal. And then this part of that took me into um, Christmas time and you're, you know, waiting in a long line at the post office. And, oh, yes. And then, I experienced that this year <laughs> at the post office. Yeah, there, you, yes. there you go. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you've got a, a jillion things to turn in. And if there's any going out, out of country, then that's an extra process and paperwork. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. behind you going, who is this man? Why is he here? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so, you know it's uh it's it's a lot of effort in that regard but uh, but you know again it's 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 risk versus benefit um uh I, I i made effort but then look what i've got i've got all these people that i can i can access or i can you know send information to when the ebook came out sometimes i did free ebook promotions mm-hmm. and i would email these people who had who, who had their uh, one that they could hold in their hand and say hey you know uh, tomorrow or whatever or this saturday uh you know there'll be a free ebook on on Amazon and, and, and they could, they could all go do that if they wanted to. So it's fun. I love it. And I love that you talk about, you know, the reality of it. So um, listeners probably know this because most of them have signed up for my newsletter. And so when people sign up for my newsletter, then I enter them into a monthly drawing because authors are very generous and they've given me signed copies of the books that they read. And I like to give those out to listeners. And so I started a mailing list where I draw from I learned so much in my first few months of that. Um, for a while, I was sending the books out, not realizing that there's a United States book flat rate that I could be using. And so I discovered that when I had to go in line. Usually, I do everything digital. And then the digital machine was down in our youth, our post office. So I went in, and the gal that was helping me, she goes, oh, we have a, a flat rate book fee that you can use. I'm like... Oh, I should have known that like six months ago. That would have been very helpful. <laughs> yes, that's media mail. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely yeah. use that. And it actually, during my whole mail out time, it actually had gone down from one year to the next. It actually got cheaper for some reason. I don't know yeah. how that happened. Interesting. Well, and I did experience because I had two books I had to get out in January because I missed a December one and because of the holidays. And then went in January and I was so excited to actually go in and not have to stand in line because I went in, it was silly, went in on the last day that you can send something to the mail to get anywhere for Christmas. I tried to go to the mm-hmm. post office, not realizing what the date was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this was a mistake. <laughs> Mm -hmm. oh yeah yes ma'am so listeners if you haven't already signed up for my newsletter definitely get on so you get the opportunity to win one of these amazing books that you hear um it's it's just a fun thing that i like to do i I like to let authors get connected with readers and that's the big point of uh, the podcast so segueing into that how about you set the stage for what you're going to read tell us the title again tell us kind of what little background that you want to share with us and then i'm going to go quiet my listeners know that i go quiet during this time and we listen to you read fantastic so Growing Food God's Way is about a 55,000 word uh, book. Um, uh, typical, you know, basically five and a half by eight and a half inches. And so uh, about 255 pages, at, you know, at that size. And um, um, there's a video called uh, Back to Eden that went viral many years ago. It's about seven years old now. And uh, People can access that by going to www.backtoedenfilm.com and then they can watch it for free. Well, we sent that, someone sent, a friend sent that link to us and, and we watched it. We loved this guy. It was like, like just amazed what he was doing up there. And, uh, and since we we're only three, four hours away, we went ahead and drove and visited him. And out of that basically came the inspiration for the book. And so Paul Gauchi is the name of the gentleman. He has inoperable nerve disease from uh, his exposure to Agent Orange in Vietnam. So this is a man, you can't tell it very well on the video, but this is a, this is a guy who can barely walk, who's maintaining a five-acre property and about 
three um, uh, quarter acre or so garden and orchard. And it's just amazing. I would like to start out with Joel Salatin's forward, and then I will jump uh, quickly over to chapter one, and then you'll uh, be subjected to hearing some of my writing uh, based on that. So <laughs> anyway, um, uh, uh, so that is the, uh, the uh, preface to it all. The Growing Food God's Way, forward by Joel Salatin. As an integrity food farmer, I eventually wearied of audiences assuming I was anti-God, anti-Israel, pro-abortion, and pro-tax just because I embraced earth stewardship. To help cut through the stereotype, I began calling myself a, quote, Christian, libertarian, environmentalist, capitalist, lunatic farmer, unquote. <laughs> During media interviews, journalists routinely appeared shocked that someone who lugs a Bible around in his travel bags also promotes caressing or ecological womb. Those phrases are supposed to come from earth-worshipping, free-love hippies, not firebrand fundamentalist preacher types. Blaming the Bible specifically and God generally for all the environmental ills plaguing the world is a favorite theme from mainline environmentalists. Unfortunately, the perception is based in fact. From the crusaders to the conquistadors, carelessly invoking divine authority more often than not led to societal and environmental catastrophes. The Old Testament, which starts with God, the creator, establishes quite clearly his ownership over this planet we call Earth. Further, this holy instruction manual places humankind in a garden of abundance to be stewarded, loved, nurtured, and caressed. In the land of Canaan, the Israelites received a specific geographic region with clear earth care and societal admonitions with the promise of ongoing abundance and health if they adhere to divine instructions and devastating catastrophes if they did not. Clearly, God has an interest in his handiwork and assumes that his people will steward this divine real estate according to a sacred template. God caringly seeks stewardship diplomats to be in his hands and feet to extend redemption to a fallen landscape. Indeed, if first stewardship means anything, it means reestablishing the physical world as an object lesson of spiritual truth. He wants our pilgrim footsteps to leave behind farm and foodscapes that illustrate forgiveness, beauty, abundance, order, healing, and righteousness. When visitors leave our farms and gardens, they should revel in having just seen a visceral representation of God's grace, abundance, and attractiveness. My family farm operates a polyface farm in Virginia's Shenandoah Valley. When European settlers in the early 1700s found this verdant silvo pasture of alpha soils, they inverted the perennial biomass-covered landscape with the plow. Over the next century and a half, some three to eight feet of topsoil washed away into the Chesapeake Bay. Eventually, the rich valley wore out. Grain production headed west. The Shenandoah Valley gradually became an orchard region and eventually a livestock region. Pockets of rich soil still exist and are still being plowed, but the rock outcroppings dotted most pastures throughout the region attest to the devastation of the plow. Sir Albert Howard, godfather of modern scientific aerobic composting, said, quote, It is the temptation of every civilization to take what nature took thousands of years to create and turn it into cash, unquote. What an atrocity that the story of civilization is also a story of environmental disaster. God weeps. The earth groans. Despair and pessimism rule our day as the historical record and its guilt and full import of the damage is now apparent to all. Unfortunately, too, often this guilt makes humans afraid to engage the environment as if interacting with the ecology cannot be done with integrity. This leads to environmentalism by abandonment locking up areas into parks and wilderness areas devoid of human presence. But God never leaves us without provision. Into this bleak landscape step stewards who follow a path of truth that begins with humility and culminates in following God's design. Some of these great mentors do not acknowledge God, some do. Those who do add a robustness to their findings and a freedom to express their spiritual implication to these visceral object lessons. 
When our family put these principles into action on our worn-out piece of earth, it responded like a lover. Water permeated the soil instead of running off. Soil grew. Earthworms proliferated. Vegetation now stays green much farther into a drought. We have far more diversity in both plants and animals. The farm supports many incomes instead of none and hosts countless visitors and customers. It's a place of of abundance. Our motto, healing land one bite at a time. That land healing is a remarkable demonstration of what God does in a human heart with a human soul. It is no less dramatic and no less real. As a steward and partner with God, the ultimate landscape architect, I have the distinct privilege and honor of being on the Father's team. Paul Galchi is another one of those team members. Author David Devine, in an uncompromising and spiritually aggressive tone, captures the work of this landscape healer with clarity and optimism. While Paul and I are quite different, he comes from a plant-based scheme and I come from a livestock scheme, the basic principles of soil building and healing are identical and spot on. What a delight that Divine leads us down Gauchi's path and such outspoken credit to the author of the design. What I especially appreciate about this book is that it offers another example of earth stewardship from a Judeo-Christian heritage. It shows that we can love God and cherish the earth also. Well, I could argue some points and might even label some as extreme. (laughs) All prophets are labeled extremists in their day. What's too much, lay aside for another day. It's okay to eat in small bites. The mechanics of Paul's covering, the reasoning of his carbon-centric system, and the journey of his heart must be appreciated by everyone, and especially people in the faith community. The ramifications of Paul's finding are profound. Soil building, no chemical fertilizers, integrated community abundance, human wellness, which is fewer doctors and pharmaceuticals, landscape hydration rather than desertification. These are not small outcomes. Divine's writing style is akin to drinking out of a fire hose. Get ready. But above all, regardless of your current faith situation, appreciate the ecological principles and appreciate that Paul is a man who has a childlike relationship with his Redeemer and who cares, who dares to seek divine counsel for daily problems. This is a compelling way to live. Joel Salatin. And from chapter one, it's titled, Paul Gauchi, the Messenger. Growing food God's way begins with a man who introduced his garden to me and many thousands of others. His name is Paul Gauchi. If you're like most folks, you've never heard of this fellow who lives rather simply on five acres in northern, northwest Washington state. Why would you, unless you heard his name referenced at a permaculture seminar or watched the Back to Eden video be a link sent to you by a friend or ran across some YouTube video about shot at his garden or heard him interviewed on a radio program. But Google his name and you'll have to scroll over 25 pages. According to the 2010 U.S. Census, there are 14,800 males living in Jefferson County, Washington, and Paul Gauchi is just one of them. Yet, he is featured in this book. Why? Not because his example is the best thing in gardening since sliced bread, not even because of the sincere depth of his faith, but it's the object of his faith that desperately needs to be shared with the world, certainly the farm and gardening world, also the business world, the academic world, the health and fitness world, the world of faith communities, and so on. You will see that Paul lives on a tank full of blessings and that his garden and orchard provide undeniable results of an undeniable creator. The manner in which Paul grows food has caught the attention and praise of the esteemed Rodale Institute. Moreover, Dr. Joseph Mercola recently received revelation about Paul's methods and wrote a positive review of the documentary featuring Paul. In it, he describes Paul's garden as, quote, a simple organic gardening method that can not only transform your personal garden, but may even be the food solution needed on a global scale as well, unquote. Dr. Mercola was so inspired, he called his local tree cutting service and received three truckloads of wood chips for free. Finally, in a recent edition of Mother Earth News, an article entitled, Grow More Food in Less Space, parentheses, with less work, close parent, noted two gardening methods that have been around for decades, A, square foot gardening, and B, biointensive gardening. Contributor Linda Gilkison notes that one method comes with a high upfront cost and the other comes with a high upfront labor. 
I note that both methods can benefit from the approach, soil covering, that growing through God's way entails. The article validates no-till and mulch covering. Quote, research has provided sound reasons why minimizing soil disturbance is a good idea. Reduced tillage systems result in higher populations of beneficial fungi that move nutrients and water through the soil column, unquote. She later affirms, quote, creating minimal disturbance has led to a bountiful garden with much less work on my part, close quote. Why read this book? Because Paul is exhibit A that you can grow food in ground so hard and sterile that it defies the shovel. You can, in a few seasons, grow amazing pasture grass for your animals. You can grow foods that are off the chart nutritionally. You can enjoy fresh, raw foods, nuts, vegetables, and fruits in season and locally grown. You can grow healthy food all year long. You can overcome whatever level of dependence you have for institutionally processed foods. You can take your sick, tired body and turn it to a healthy, active one. You can exchange a life pattern of unforgiveness for a consistent forgiving pattern and receive a multitude of health benefits for doing so. You can be a catalyst for change in those who observe your garden in your life. You can purposefully de-stress in your own peaceful sanctuary where there is life and growth and deep, intangible substance. You can transform your life with newfound gratefulness. You can grow excellent food with much less work. The only question is, are you ready? If you desire to live life with one or more of the above characteristics Paul Gauchi is experiencing, then fasten your seatbelt, put your seat in the upright position, and stow your tray table. It's time to land in your own Garden of Eden. So that concludes the forward in Chapter 1. Oh, absolutely wonderful. I love it. And I think your your writing style is fantastic. <laughs> so, so David, very, very good. And and I think that you presented very well with the, you know, the forward and that first chapter. So listeners, if you're intrigued and you find David's book, make sure you let him know you heard it from the podcast. Because <laughs> it's always nice to know where we hear things from. And yeah. um David, thanks so much for coming and being here and, and sharing your work and, and introducing us to Paul's work as well. And um, I would love to have you back on the future with your fiction novel, too. And we can talk about that. Yes, ma'am. That'd be fantastic. Awesome. And I'll make sure that um, listeners, some of the things that uh, David talked about will be in show notes so you can track it down and find the video and some of the other things that he mentioned. So, so fantastic. Well, David, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Vicki. I appreciate you giving the forum for, for, for writers to share with readers and other writers. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter where you can be entered automatically each month to win a signed free copy of a book from an author that's appeared on the podcast. You can find out more at our website, www.squishpin.com. And finally, if you're an author in the Pacific Northwest and you would like to appear on the show, you can find out more on our website. So until next week, I hope you enjoy the journey. This is Vicki J. Carter signing off.